Tuesday here on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Chuck Zada still flying solo today. Mark Schofield wrapping up a little bit of a long weekend of scouting here. And today's show is brought to you by Crossover Football, giving coaches the ability to break down game film, to pull stats, searchable clips, tendency reports, and much more from both desktop and mobile solutions. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon. Then you get one free breakdown when you sign up today. Today we're joined by Jeff Fair from Inside the Pylon, also co-host of the Pylon U podcast. Jeff, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Chuck. Jeff, uh, you know we're going to be talking a little bit of a uh, little bit of college ball today, and in particular, you and Shane just came out with your uh, your first uh, top twenty-five, which got a lot, a lot of pressure putting out that first list, isn't it? Absolutely, and you know it was we didn't have the drafts listed on there, but that was about my tenth version that I had. Um, the top at the top this year, the top six teams are really tough. I mean, you've got a number of teams that can go all the way. And a lot different than previous years. I think we talked in the pod about Ohio State being head and shoulders above everyone else last year. But this year, there's a number of teams that can do it. Jeff, do you think that this year, uh, it, it, it seems to be one of those few years where you don't really have just that one or two teams at the top. It seems like, as you said, there, there's almost more depth. I don't know if it's a lack of a, a, a true super team in college football this year or more just that the, the overall quality continues to improve whether it's because of better coaching or players but it just seems to be a much more competitive field this year than in the last several years sure I, there's a number of reasons uh, two of the ones that stand out for me is uh, at the top of the board not there's a lot of question marks at quarterback for the top teams i mean florida state uh michigan uh, alabama all have question marks at the quarterback position. The other thing is, in the whole grand scheme of things, a lot of these guys are trying to get to the NFL. And with the, the expansion of college football and, and the fact that all these guys are going to get scouted by someone, uh, you know, te- guys are going to where they can play, not necessarily the best teams. And you still get Alabama and LSU recruiting the heck out of the country. But there are guys that are going to get noticed at the lower schools and get drafted higher than they might, might otherwise believe. Jeff, when, when you go through your top 25 in particular, and specifically looking at your playoff picks, who, who do you see making it through this year into that playoff? I have LSU uh, number one right now. I think LSU's schedule sets up really nice for them to get through with at maximum one loss. The number two team I have is Florida State. I really think the talent on the defensive side of the ball and the weapons they have on the outside will let them run roughshod over the ACC. ACC. Again, they play Clemson. Uh, but th- that's going to be a tough, tough game for them. Number three, I've got Alabama. I've got two teams come out of the SEC because the Alabama, like LSU, I see their only loss probably being to LSU in the regular season. And then number four, I have the Michigan Wolverines. I, I think that team is setting up nicely. Some people may set, say they're a year ahead of schedule, but they have a lot of good returnees. And again, like I mentioned earlier, there's questions at quarterback, but there's no other coach in the country right now I'd rather have handling a quarterback question mark than Jim Harbaugh. Well, and, and in particular, as you really dive into those teams, take me through each one of them, and, and, and let's start right at the top with LSU. And you know, talk, talk me through really where you see the, the biggest strength there, but also if that team, if LSU does have an Achilles heel that could lead them away from the playoffs, what is that? It's the quarterback position in Brandon Harris. They really need to get something out of Brandon Harris. And we mentioned that he's the most, possibly the most important player in the country this season. 
because of all the talent they have on defense. Uh, I mean, NFL-level talent, the best defensive backfield in college football, in my estimation. Uh, Leonard Fournette, who's going to be a top-10 pick, probably, at the tailback position. And then just studs on the outside. If, if they have Malachi Dupree and Trayvon Dur- Durrell, both NFL prospects, a wide receiver, Brandon Harris can get him the ball. They're, they're going to be in good shape. What about as you continue down and you talk about uh, your number two team there? You said it was Clemson who you had in the second spot? I have. I actually have Florida State. Florida in the State. I'm spot. sorry. I knew, yeah, I knew no, it was an ACC team. It was. You know what? It might as well be a toss up because either one could could be there. Florida State's question mark again at the quarterback position is is can they get production on DeAndre Francois, who's a young player, very similar position to where Jameis Winston was when he started for the national champions two years ago, um, a freshman where not a lot not a lot of game experience but someone that has the talent to come in and produce based on the talent that's going to be surrounding him. Well, and you talk about the talent, and you're 1-2 here. You've got two teams with, as you mentioned, an outstanding running back in Leonard Fournette on LSU, and then you've got Dalvin Cook there uh, for Florida State. The big question with Cook that we've seen a couple times, I think, how, how many games did Cook miss last year? Did he miss, I want to say it was two games overall, or was it just one that he ended up missing? I believe it was two. I have to go. I have to go back and check that out. But I believe it was two because he only rushed for he rushed for sixteen hundred ninety one yards. Regardless, yep. so he was able to produce. I, I think the big thing for them is going to be a, them Manning. They're going to have stacked boxes early against Francois. Yep. That's no doubt. But they've got talent on the outside. They've got three receivers: Kermit Woodfield, Travis Rudolph, and George Campbell. All highly rated recruits. A couple of guys in in Whitfield and Rudolph who have produced already. That if they can get the ball in their hands, it's going to open up some lanes for Cook. Now, talking uh, your number three team here, I know Shane Alexander has said, "Look, this is your classic Alabama defense. You know, it ha- they have the defense to pretty much run the table. The question marks, a- as it seems with a couple of these top teams, are on offense. Do you feel similarly there? It's very similar to Florida State because they do have playmakers at the outside. I know Shane's big thing, and I see it too, is that this really is one of the first years in recent memory where they don't have a tailback that has gotten a ton of carries. With Derrick Henry and Trent Richardson and Eddie Lacy and everyone that's been through there with Saban, they've always had kind of a guy to fall back on the next year. And TJ Yeldon. Uh, but this year, they're looking at Bo Scarborough possibly as the tailback who's a young guy. Uh, but right now, they really don't have an experienced back that can go back there and take you know, 20 to 30 carries, it's going, to be, it's, it's going to be reliant on the quarterback, whoever gets that job, to get the ball in Kelvin Ridley and O.J. Howard's hands and make plays down the field so they can give it some time to let a tailback develop. Now, the, this Michigan team that you have for, there's been a lot of chatter uh, the last, seems like a couple of weeks that it, it's kind of been building, uh, that a lot of people are starting to probably get behind you on this one. I, I get the sense, you know, you look at just the depth of talent on this team, and that's the thing that at least to me stands out. It's not so much you have one or two key players, but just the sheer depth that you have there. It's something that you don't get in a ton of other teams necessarily. No, not at all. I mean, they're building at every position. They've done a good job of balancing their recruiting board and not being dry at some positions that otherwise uh, they would be. They, they may be dry at. They've got guys all across the board at every position. Their offensive line has got four starters back. They're both receivers back. They have Devin and Smith at tailback, who, if given the room to run, he can do a good job. Uh, good couple defensive linemen back. Jabril Peppers, they're going to use him. However, they they can basically use him as a Swiss, Ar- Swiss Army knife and fill in where they need to. Jordan Lewis is going to be a stud on the outside. He's a dark horse for me for the Thorpe Award this year. Um, so I really like what Michigan's doing. 
And, you know, Harbaugh's pushing all the right buttons right now. Not a lot of – you see all the quarterback question marks at other schools, but you don't hear that much talk about Michigan, and they're rising up the boards right now as far as the, the predictions go as they come out as the week se- closer to the season. Yeah, a lot, a lot of excitement over there in Ann Arbor, and I know that fans there uh, looking to really, I think, make that jump uh, this year and hopefully get back into that truly elite level in college football. Quick note here from Crossover Football. Crossover Football can help coaches to win more games and make smarter use of the film room with your team. Crossover helps to break out and stat out your game film, giving you searchable clips, advanced ODK, tendency reports, and a wealth of other great information that you can access from any PC or mobile device. Your formations and your personnel packages can be labeled with your own terminology, and you can create custom highlight reels that can be exchanged with anyone on any platform, including all of your own players and coaches. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon, and you get one free breakdown today. Jeff, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the latest coming out of Notre Dame here. Obviously, uh, you know, there, there has been a lot of news coming out of the weekend here. Uh, some suspensions, obviously, you know, you've got a quarterback who's finally been selected here. Talk to me about how the events of the last five to seven days have affected your outlook on this team. My outlook on them has changed negatively. I, st- I have them at 10. I believe Shane, them- Shane has actually moved them up since, his- since our broadcast. I think he has them at seven right now. My question with them is I- I'm a little leery of them splitting time at quarterback. I-, I thought Kelly wasn't going to do it, but he announced that they're going to play both quarterbacks in the Texas game, uh, both Zaire and Kaiser. I would, I'm just, it's personal preference. I would rather see them go with one guy. But in the whole grand scheme of things, they have a ton of talent. They have about 20 to 21 starters coming back in 2017. So if it takes 2016 to get them ironed it out, to get them to iron it out, then that's what they need to do. Uh, for the suspensions, I mean, Max Redfield is, you know, two years ago, this guy was on NFL radars and, and a, maybe one of the top safeties in the country. And he's just, between the bowl game last year where he was suspended and now this. And granted, he was, I mean, he was hanging out with all freshmen. I mean, what does that say that, the, you know, a senior, one of the best players in your team is hanging out with all freshmen? Uh, he, had hung, he had actually lost his job. Uh, Studstill and Drew Tranquil at safety have both outplayed him. Um, so maybe not as big a loss as some might think. I mean, a lot of news because it's Notre Dame and it's six players suspended the same day. But both uh, – both Redfield and Devin Butler, the two biggest names in the in the suspensions, uh, really don't have that big a bearing. I'm more concerned about the quarterback situation and how it plays out in 16. Where, where do you see this? How long do you think you're going to end up seeing them going with two quarterbacks? Do we have any clarity on that? I mean, I like. I don't think. I think it goes one to two games. I, I don't see it lasting. I don't see it lasting more than two weeks. I really don't. If they're actually going to see how they do this season, I, I Zaire. To me, he came out last year against Texas like gangbusters. Uh, they just destroyed Texas. And then the next week against Virginia, he got hurt, and they, they were having a tough time, and Kaiser came in and played his butt off for 11 games last year. Uh, so it's tough to say. I, there's really no track record for this at, at, at Notre Dame as far as having – they had Rees and Golson, but all the time Golson was easily the most talented quarterback. Right now you've got Kaiser and, and Zaire who both bring positives to the table. I would hope if they were going to plan to contend this season, it wouldn't last more than one or two games. 
but it could last the whole season. If what they're trying to do is just get ready for the next year. Jeff, I know uh, you've got some thoughts on, uh, was it the Boise State-Houston game? Is that what we got coming up also? It's the Boise State, uh, just Boise State over Houston as far as my mid-major to, to love this year. Are they not playing uh, this year? They normally have a series, don't they? Uh, they they have in the past. They are not playing this year. Oh, I didn't uh, realize that. No, it's Boise State has got a schedule that sets up pretty nicely for them. They play Washington State and Oregon State non-conference. Um, but they also have San Diego State off of their schedule in conference. So those two wouldn't match up to the Mountain West Conference Championship. Okay, yep. So, yeah. So I, I really like that. I believe both of those teams could go 11-1, 12-0 in the regular season to perhaps match up for the – so Mountain West Conference Championship game, one of my sleeper games to watch out for at the end of the year if, if everything comes to fruition. So in, in terms of that Boise State team and, and really where you see them going, obviously, look, you can go back the last 15 years, and, and I think everyone remembers, what was it, the 07 Fiesta Bowl? Was it, or was it the 06 one against Oklahoma? Yeah. It was, I think, your 07 Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah, so obviously, I mean, that, that's kind of what I think a lot of people see really is one of the high points of that program. Where do you see this team potentially being able to get to this year if they end up uh, you know, getting into a major bowl, or even potentially, look, do you think they have any chance of getting into that playoff? I struggle seeing them making it to the playoff. I really do. Strength I schedule? Think they, yeah, a strength of schedule, absolutely. I don't see it there. I mean, Washington State and Oregon State non-conference, two big conference teams, but at the bottom end of the Pac-12 this year. Washington State might be decent, but the middle of the Pac-12 Big 12 team is not going to do it for you. Uh, if they beat San Diego State, depending on how they are at the end of the season, that could move some move them up a little bit. I don't see them, even with a one-loss, there's probably going to be a pair of one-loss SEC teams or a one-loss Clemson team. I, I don't see them making it to the playoff, but I absolutely do see them making it to a New Year's Day Bowl. They've got maybe the best trio uh, triplet in the country with Brett Rippon, Jeremy McNichols, and Thomas Spurbeck at the outside, and my most underrated linebackers in the country to watch for. So I'll be watching them in close detail this year. Very good. Let's let's turn now. We got a couple minutes left here. Let's uh, turn back to the Power Five. Let's go over to the Big Ten specifically. Uh, you mentioned you got Michigan in that top four, getting into the playoff. What do you see as the shakeout for the rest of this conference in terms of teams that are going to end up towards the top end, as well as maybe some that may disappoint fan bases this year? I I don't think Ohio State is necessarily going to disappoint. I just don't see them being as strong as they typically have uh, have been in the recent past. I mean, losing 10 to 11 guys to the NFL draft really hurts you, um, regardless of who you're bringing in, because there's not going to be that experience on the roster. Uh, Michigan, I do see at the top of the East. Michigan State, you know, they lose, they lose, they bring back about 12 to 14 starters every year. They don't bring back everybody, but they develop talent internally without having great recruiting classes. And that's a credit to Mark D'Antonio. So I give him the benefit of the doubt in a lot of situations. think he's going to do a good job there. I have Iowa atop in the West. I like Nebraska this year a little more than other people. Um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you like about that Nebraska team? I, I like Tommy Armstrong having the experienced quarterback. Uh, I do like uh, on defense they're going to have some guys back that have gotten a ton of experience at linebacker, uh, especially um, I, I just like how they – I was looking at the Pythagorean, and this is a, this is a mathematical thing, Path, Pythagorean win-loss. They were uh, a net negative last year, which basically means in, traditionally it has shown that teams that are net negative in Pythagorean wins the previous year have shown to improve the next year. So they've got that going in their favor, and I just like how they set up this year. And I, The West is really weak. I don't see the West 
really putting anyone to contend with anyone in the East. Iowa's schedule sets up nice for them. They did well last year. Uh, Wisconsin, I don't see it this year. Northwestern's got Anthony Walker, who's going to be on NFL radars across the board. But I really don't see anyone from the West coming out and challenging the East. I do like what Lovey's going to put together in Illinois. No bias there, I promise. But I, I am excited to see what he's going to do on, on defense because that cover two being implemented, if they, do go, if they go that route, Illinois has got a really, really strong defensive line. Uh, and the DBs are their, worst, are their worst position group right now. So I really like to see what uh, goes on in Illinois. Very good. Well, Jeff, what do, you have, uh, what do you and Shane have coming up on Pile on You this week? Tomorrow, or uh, Wednesday, I should say, we have the conference predictions. So we're going to go through each conference, the major conferences, uh, run, maybe make some notes on some teams, give our order of finish, and then we're going to hit on some awards. We'll always see the Heisman race shaping out and some of the other big awards out there. Not too shabby. So, folks, once again, if you aren't subscribed over to uh, Pile on You, make sure that you get over and subscribe to that podcast. They're going to be covering college football all year, every single week. Jeff and Shane, they'll do a great job for you there. So make sure you get over, subscribe to them. If you haven't already given them a review on iTunes, make sure you do that, too. Let them know how much you like listening to them. Jeff, appreciate the time, my man. We will catch you later, all right? All right, Chuck. Sounds good. Jeff Fair from the Pile on You podcast. Chuck Zada signing off for today. Mark Schofield will be back with me tomorrow on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast.